Hello, everybody, and welcome back to our podcast, The Moment of Boba, where you get to come and join us as we share with one another our life experiences. I'm Kalina, the host for today's episode, and yes, since it's just me, I bet you know what that means. It's my solo episode. Woohoo! <laughs> Oof, okay, that was weird. Um, honestly, doing this alone feels awkward and i'm kind of nervous because none of the other girls are here with me to talk but you know they said that we each had to have our own solo episode so here i am (laughs) so for this today's episode i had a hard time figuring out what i wanted to talk about but after a long and hard decision, I decided why not share something a little bit more personal, be a little bit more vulnerable with myself (laughs) and everybody else. And I think this is a great way for one, all of you guys to be more knowledgeable about something. And two, if you're going through this, just know that you're not alone. And so with that... (laughs) today's episode i decided to talk about imposter syndrome and with my experience having it (laughs) so first things first for those who don't know what is imposter syndrome well i looked it up on google and the first thing that came up was something from the harvard business review so according to the harvard business review and i quote imposter syndrome can be defined as a collection of feelings of inadequacy that persist despite evident success imposters suffer from chronic self-doubt and a sense of intellectual fraudulence that override any feelings of success or external proof of their competence and that's how they defined it that was a lot obviously so in simpler terms imposter syndrome is somebody who doubts their accomplishments and or somebody who fears of being discovered as a fraud yeah so now you know what imposter syndrome is and just to be a little bit more knowledgeable about this subject besides having personal experience with it I decided to do some extra digging and I found this article written by Anna Lou Walker called Five Imposter Syndrome Types, which will be linked for you guys to read on your own if you're interested in reading more. But she wrote this article for Glamour Magazine and in it, she explains how um, Dr. Valerie Young, the co-founder of the Imposter Syndrome Institute, wrote a book called The Secret Thoughts of Successful Woman, Why Capable People Suffer from the Imposter Syndrome and How to Thrive in Spite of It, where Dr. Young categorizes people into five different imposter syndrome types. And those are one, the perfectionist, two, the natural genius, three, the rugged individualist, four, the expert, and five, the superhero. Now, I, of course, the article is going to be linked below, or not below, but linked to wherever you're listening to this podcast. 
but I'm also just gonna read what each type is for those who are curious and don't want to read the article themselves. <laughs> so type one, we're gonna start with the perfectionist. Perfectionism is often listed as a key indicator of imposter syndrome. So it's common that people who experience one also experience the other. In her book, Dr. Valerie Young explains that perfectionists typically set very high expectations for themselves, and if even if they meet 99% of those goals, a small loss will feel like a huge failure. When mistakes happen, perfectionists questions their core competence, which can easily translate to feelings of imposter syndrome. And then we're going to go on to the type 2, the natural genius. The natural genius has been the top of their class for as long as they can remember, and in their school days, success came relatively easily. As they grow and mature, however, they are bound to encounter scenarios where achievement doesn't present itself as second nature, and hard work or struggle is required for their desired results. As they aren't used to this, natural geniuses tend to suffer from imposter syndrome feeling that the struggle to meet their goals is a sign that they lack ability and aren't good enough. Type 3. The Rugged Individualist <clears throat> Does asking for help trigger your imposter syndrome? Do you struggle to see something as a success unless you have achieved it by yourself? You are most likely a rugged individualist. These kind of imposters struggle to reach out when they need assistance as they feel getting help with a task invalidates their contribution or shows that their own skill set is in some way lacking. Knowing when to ask for help is a vital skill, not only in work, but in life too. Asking for help is never a weakness. In fact, knowing ourselves well enough to understand that when help is required, Knowing ourselves well enough to understand when help is required can be one of our greatest strengths. Sorry. It's far more efficient, after all, to ask for help with a task than to spend twice as long struggling through by ourselves. <laughs> Type 4. The Expert If you're an expert, you probably prefer to spend time researching and gathering as much information as possible before you start a new project. You come into something new from a position of knowledge and expertise, and you probably regularly, regularly spend time looking for ways to improve your skill set or undergo extra training. However, this drive to become an expert can trigger imposter syndrome, holding you back from applying for jobs if you don't meet all the criteria in the description, or preventing you from speaking up in a seminar because you're afraid that your answers won't be perfectly informed. And then lastly... Type 5, the superhero. Superheroes push themselves to work harder than everyone around them to prove that they're not imposters. Their expectations for themselves are higher than their expectations of others, and they feel a sometimes overwhelming need to su succeed in every element of their life, at work and at home. Their feelings of imposter syndrome will be triggered when one of these areas are not as strong as the other. Working harder than others to prove your worthiness or to cover up feelings of being an imposter can quickly lead to burnout and be detrimental to your mental health. Alright, so I read through each category and honestly the first time I read through each one, I literally thought to myself, 
wow, that one's me. And I go to the next one, oh, that one's me too. And then the next, wait, but this is me. So I guess, like, in a way, like, sometimes there we're in different categories, but then, like, it all blends in somehow. Now, even though I say, oh, that's me, like, not all of it that's described in the category matches me. There are, like, different aspects which I was able to relate to it for myself. For example, I am a perfectionist <laughs> to an extent. <laughs> like, I like things... Like, I wish I could do things perfectly, you know? But I think I've grown to just settle that I can do... Like, whatever I do is the best that I can do at the moment. And of course, that's disappointing because... If I'm not satisfied with what I'm giving, then I feel like a failure, you know. Um, for a natural genius, I wouldn't, I guess, like, when I was younger in elementary school, like, for some reason, all of my classmates just thought I was smart, right? And they were like, oh, you don't know? Oh, go ask Kalina. Like, Kalina will know. Oh, Kalina this. Like, Kalina's just super smart. Like, that's what everybody says. And I really let that get to me when I was younger. So then when I got older, this leads into, like, the type three, right? The rugged individualist where I struggled to ask for help because I was afraid that people will look at me and be like, wow, Kalina's actually more incompetent than we thought. And me being, as you guys have heard from the toxic traits episode, uh, me being a prideful person, oof, that that would hurt me a lot, you know. And so, yeah, asking for help was something I struggled to do. I kind of still struggle to do this, but I'd say that I am getting better. Now, an expert, I wouldn't say the expert is me (laughs) or maybe it is since i did (laughs) decide to like do some extra digging on imposter syndrome for everybody (laughs) but i mean the part where it's like oh i i hold back from applying for certain jobs because yeah i don't meet all the criteria and that that makes me scared where it's like oh if i don't meet it i'm not good enough for this i can't do it and then i just don't do it that is something I'm still working on and trying to improve on myself. But I'd say that the superhero really resonates with me because I feel like I do put higher expectations on myself. Like, oh, this person can't do it. It's okay. I can do it. And then when I can't do something, I'm just disappointed and like heartbroken because it's like, wow, like, again, I'm afraid that people are going to look at me and be like, wow, Kalina is very incompetent. Like, she is not as good as we thought. You know, so like by pushing myself to do more and making, giving myself high expectations, I think I'm just trying to prove to people that I'm worthy enough for what I'm doing. And so now that I've kind of discussed like which parts of my life are where which category i relate to all of it (laughs) but uh, i just want to say like obviously i felt imposter syndrome in many aspects in my life 
And a lot of it, I'd say, was during my education in college and, of course, my time as a youth leader at church. Um, before I go in, I'm just going to, like, divide it up from, like, okay, this is how I felt in college and this is how I felt in the youth ministry. So, with college, I, of course, you guys all know I was an English major and I love my English major classes. Like, a lot of it is discussion-based. And I think it's wonderful because everybody just talks and we just talk about books. As nerdy as that sounds, like we talk about books and go deep into them. And I felt like an imposter in that class because all of my classmates were so eloquent when they're speaking and when they spoke, they just sound knowledgeable, right? And when you're with people like that, you kind of sit there and you're like, oh, oh my gosh, I'm I'm kind of dumb. Like... I, I don't think like that. I, I didn't catch on to that. Why didn't I catch on to that? And then like when it's my turn to speak, I feel like utter nonsense just comes out of my mouth, which is ridiculous, you know, because my professor even came up to like said to me on one of my papers, like, Kalina, like you have some great ideas and you say some great things in your papers. I wished you would speak it out more, you know, for everybody to hear and uh and like yeah it's like oh that's oh it's so great to hear but then at the same time i'm like but i don't know what i'm doing like you think this is good i think what i'm doing is awful like none of it makes sense to me i'm just what is it faking it till i make it but yeah it was so hard for me to like speak out in class just because of the fear where my classmates will look at me and be like oh Kalina she is kind of dumb when my professor thought the opposite and I think because that professor who told me that I have great ideas and that I should talk more because she said that to me that made me more scared to talk because if I did talk and I say something that doesn't make sense she's gonna be like oh hmm maybe I was wrong about you you know and I think that because of course that's the people pleaser in me so then of course I'm gonna be like oh no like they're gonna hate my guts or they're gonna think I'm dumb and I'm gonna like oh I will never be able to speak again I won't be able to graduate you know and but of course that's just all trash and none of it's you know none of it is true like I graduated with my English degree I I'd say I'm pretty knowledgeable (laughs) on certain things and like I don't know like yeah it's just I wish I was more confident in myself you know but I I wasn't and I think that was that's another reason why I had the imposter syndrome right where is that I lacked confidence even though and when people told me to be confident because I was good enough I think that they were just lying or I just thought kept thinking to myself that I wasn't good enough when I was and now that kind of leads to my internship that I took at college right like because that's I don't know it's not the first time I've heard the imposter syndrome But that was like where it really stuck with me, right? Where I was talking with my internship supervisor and my professor. And we were kind of just discussing how I did for my internship. 
And I remember saying how there were so many times where I just wanted to be affirmed that what I'm doing was right. Because, of course, like when you're in the workplace, nobody's going to give you instructions on what to do. Nobody's going to hold your hand and be like, okay, do A, B, C, D. And then you're going to get you're gonna like get a good grade or whatever you know because nobody grades you it's just you do your job and i'm gonna trust that you're good at it because that's what you specialize in you know and so i was telling how i was kind of struggling with that and my supervisor kind of was just like you know like kalina that's imposter syndrome kicking in like honestly you think that you're not good enough but I'd say that you did a wonderful job like you knew what you're doing like I was satisfied with all the work that you've done right and hearing that of course made me feel good and it did me question made me question like wow why did I lack so much confidence in myself but again it was because (laughs) I had low self-esteem and it's something you know that I've been working on but yeah now that I'm out of college it makes me miss miss the classes and stuff and like even though I didn't say much and even though I felt dumb I just loved hearing everybody's thoughts during our class time but that's like something else to talk about I guess um now we're gonna move on to the imposter syndrome I felt as a youth leader right so when I first joined in the youth ministry team, I wasn't it was my first year of college. And of course, so that was like 18. And at 18, joining this team with like people older than me who are more knowledgeable than me, really, really what is it? I was scared. You know, because it's like, oh, I I'm not I'm not good enough for this. Like, you you want me to be a leader, but I'm the most lacking out of all of these leaders here because, one, they're, everybody were, like, good role models. Two, they had knowledge of the Bible. And three, they were, like, what is it? They just had that, those leadership skills. I don't know. I don't know if that makes sense. Like, like they had, like, a presence there we go they had presence and because I feel like they all had a presence and I didn't I was just lacking I was afraid to do things I was scared to like speak of even last year right because I ended my term as a or I resigned from my position as a youth leader this past a couple months ago and this past year like one of my biggest fears was that like the youth pastor he's he would like look at me right and be like wow like Kalina does nothing for this team like she is worthless which I don't think he thought that way that was just again my insecurities just pouring in into me and making me feel like oh I'm not I'm not good enough when I was because right for our team our pastor we had this acronym called fat right he wants to look for youth leaders who are fat (laughs) which fat stands for faithful available and teachable and was i all three i hope so (laughs) i feel like i've been i was faithful to the ministry 
I was busy, but then I tried to be available as I as much as I can, and I like to think that I was teachable, you know. But then, like at the same time, it felt like because again, I was just so quiet, which is weird because I was like one of because that's after everybody, like all the older people left, and now it's just me with like a new team, and a lot of them are younger than me. But yet, I still didn't speak as much because I felt like. I was lacking, or I wasn't good enough, but I I think I was, you know, and that's something that I didn't realize until after I left the team, which is very, very unfortunate. Um, and like, yeah, yeah, I mean, after I left, that's where <laughs> I was like, it's weird. Like after I leave, I feel like I've been told good things about myself. Which I was like, why? Why did you guys tell me this earlier? Like, why did nobody come to me and be like, Kalina, you are doing great. Like, I feel like sometimes everybody just looked at me and just watched my every move and was like, I'm waiting for her to mess up, you know. And then that hindered me more from doing what I wanted to do, from speaking out. But that's a different topic for later. <laughs> Um, but yeah, like in the youth ministry, I felt like I was lacking. Like, I think there are like so many. It's just me. See, this is just me assuming things about people, which is not good. Assuming is a bad thing to do, but I do it anyways because I'm human and like what else, you know? But yeah, I like assumed because that a lot of people on the team was just so much more knowledgeable about the Bible than me, right? I mean, like yeah, I have. I have knowledge, like I, I have a certain understanding of, of the Bible, and I have a relationship with God. But like, like to the extent that some people on the team had, I was like, ooh, I'm not there yet. I'm not good enough yet. But then, you know, at the end of it all, it's like, when are you ever gonna be good enough? Like you are already good as you are. But that's kind of going off topic. <laughs> But yeah, you know, so like those are like my two main things of imposter syndrome, and you know I've carried it around with me for so long. And now, did I overcome it? Yes, and no, because I do still suffer from imposter syndrome. But you know, I believe that I've gotten better. And I've recovered from it a little bit over time, and like by that I mean I got recovered from it this past year. <laughs> Not even like past year; could be like these past six months. I've been really, really growing and feeling more confident in what I do. But at the same time, I'm not very confident. And like, of course, you know everybody is different. But like to overcome my imposter syndrome is like I. Did things that made me proud, and that made me push myself to get out of my comfort zone to experience growth. And a lot of it, as you guys all know, is that I've been working on my independence. Right? Like, oh, I'm gonna be bold enough to do this on my own, and I feel like that did help me. Like, I mean, I don't know in what ways. Maybe those are just things that boosted my confidence up, but. Yeah, I think for sure though. I don't know. I don't. I don't have an answer to overcome imposter syndrome, especially since it's something I'm still struggling with it now. 
Because, you know, like, for, like, imposter syndrome, it's kind of like, oh, it'd be great if I got compliments. But then who's going to compliment you in front of your face? Because, <laughs> I don't know. It's it's hard. But, you know, I mean, in the article that I read, right, there were some solutions given by Dr. Young. And, of course, that would be great if you guys went to go read it yourself. But yeah, for me, I am still trying to recover from imposter syndrome. Like, yeah, like even like writing, like, you know, I love writing, but sometimes I'm like, oh, I'm not good enough. And people say I'm good, but sometimes I think that they're lying to me. And again, right, like this whole cycle just repeats over and over and over again. And so I'm just learning how to grow out of it, learning how to like not be better but just you know being confident and firm in myself and you know talking to people who are going to be honest with me yeah if anything I feel like one way to get out of imposter syndrome is to be with people like people who actually truly love you because if they truly love you, then they will be honest with you, you know? Because I think for me, my imposter syndrome developed when I was younger because people would just try to get on my good side, which is not bad. Like, thinking about it, it's like, oh, people want to be on my good side. Like, people want to like me, like, want to be liked by me. But at the end of the day, that just made me more self-cautious of myself. And that turned me into a people pleaser, which is going to be another topic for later i guess but yeah i mean if you are suffering from imposter syndrome you aren't alone it's it's a rough rough thing to go through like it's a rough journey and i wish i can say oh i have all the answers for your problems to be solved but i don't and if anything (laughs) i just say that you know slowly gain confidence in yourself first i think the moment you are confident in who you are and then what you're doing then everything else would kind of just fall into place now obviously this is going to take a lot of time this is something i'm still working through but i don't think it's impossible and you know what Let's go on this journey together, shall we? Um, I don't know if you guys liked today's episode <laughs> or you learned something new. I don't know. It's just, I feel like this is something that we should, that could be talked about for us, you know. And yeah, I mean, it's, again, I'll take time. But (laughs) that's all the time I have for today's episode, you know. Thank you for listening in. I hope you learned something. Remember, whatever you're doing, you're doing great. And the only person who can bring you down is yourself. So continue to have confidence in yourself. If you don't have any confidence, grow some confidence. And by doing that, just continuously love yourself more. Have faith in what you can do. Please look forward to next week's episode and remember to follow a moment of boba for the latest of our lives on our lives. (laughs) Until next time.